1: Hi, everyone. Happy Holidays and Happy New Year. Welcome to the Big Ten Show presented by the Believe Network. He is Nebraska Cornhuskers legend and former NFL defensive lineman, Adam Carricker. I am Tom Hannafin from Believe State of State, a Penn State football podcast. I hope you are ready for a nice, lazy weekend on the couch watching the New Year's Six games, other bowl games involving the Big Ten, and of course, the college football playoff. Adam, I love this time of year because it's just... It's just a time to relax and enjoy the last of college football. It's melancholy.
0: It's bittersweet, but it's wonderful. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Now you know why I don't sing and I try to talk about football. Uh, dude, I, so bowl season, ever since I was a kid, the NCAA tournament, okay, and basketball and college football bowl season were always the two most exciting times of the year to me. And so I've looked forward to it ever since I was a kid. I got to admit, bowl games – Do not mean what they used to, but I still find them very, very intriguing. Uh, So I'm excited to talk a little bowl game uh, prediction show today. Yeah, uh, the Big Ten has already been active
1: this bowl season, but coming up this weekend, a multitude of Big Ten teams in bowl games. So we'll small we'll start small, no disrespect, but we will work our way up to the college football playoff. Let's get started with Wisconsin versus LSU in the ReliaQuest Bowl. You and I had to look that one up to see what bowl game that used to be and is now. I think it was the Outback Bowl. Is that what you told mm-hmm. me? I believe yeah. so. We're learning so much. Uh, this is Wisconsin versus LSU. Uh, LSU will be without Heisman Trophy winner Jaden Daniels at quarterback, so this will be a different look for Brian Kelly and company. But Wisconsin, also a lot of movement in the transfer portal, trying to uh, trying to bolster their roster for next season. Uh, looking at this game on paper, I feel like this is LSU without a doubt, but anything can happen in these quote-unquote new exhibition games.
0: Well, yeah, you got so many players gone, so many young players playing, new players, if you will. So, Wisconsin, 7-5, LSU, 9-3. and three. I just feel like it's a bad matchup, a rough matchup for Wisconsin, if you will. LSU's 9.5-point favorite. The over-under is 55 points. So, you look at LSU. They, don't, they won't have Heisman Trophy winner Jaden Daniels. And I do feel like he deserved to win that Heisman Trophy because without him, I do think it's a completely different LSU team because their defense is awful. The offense is great, but that revolves around him. So I'm curious to see how this game does actually play out. Now LSU's three losses gets some pretty good teams: Alabama, Florida State, Ole Miss. All in New Year's Six bowl games, all top ten football teams. So they had a pretty good schedule. Now as far as the quarterback position for LSU, and I think this is going to kind of be the determining factor in the game. You've got sophomore quarterback Garrett Nussian, and or or depending on who who stands out in the bowl practices, you got freshman ricky collins so i think that's going to be the determining factor but i'm definitely going to take lsu right now yeah just more athletes all together yep. especially on the offensive side of the ball i think there's uh
1: i think this is leaning heavily in lsu's favor feels like wisconsin is has got a lot of work cut out for them in the new big 10 in 2024 because i think of the way that they've handled their program for years they've been cost efficient i think is the way i'll put it and now with nil being such a big factor they run the risk of
0: falling behind very quickly. I think the other thing, and I've I've rooted for Wisconsin ever since I was a kid. I grew up watching Barry Alvarez, the Rose Bowls versus UCLA. Would they play UCLA in a bowl game? I think they played them in the Sun Bowl one time, like three times in five years or something. So I grew up a Wisconsin fan. But I think, and I I don't think I know, they're built to win in the Big Ten. It's cold weather. It's defense. It's ground and pound. It's we're going to maximize the talent we get because it may not be as much as an Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, et cetera, but now you've got all these, I'm not going to call them all warm weather teams, but there's things that are changing, and they are. They're trying to throw the ball around a little bit more. So to their credit, maybe they looked ahead and saw that in the future, but we'll see what happens. I'm still rooting for Wisconsin, so uh, that'll never go away from – except when they play Nebraska. I just wish Nebraska would beat them at some point. Uh, But the rest of the games, I'll root for Wisconsin. Good times right now for Nebraska. Matt Rule has something cooking with Dylan Rayola coming
1: on board. That was big news let's go to iowa versus tennessee in the cheese it citrus bowl it's defense versus offense how do you feel about this matchup
0: iowa 10 and 2 number 20 in the country tennessee 8 and 4 number 25 in the country first team to get to two points wins that's my prediction (laughs) okay and and here's why i say that because tennessee you, you mentioned they didn't quite have the offensive firepower that they were hoping for that they did a year ago but they still had a good offense but the two best defenses they faced this year missouri they scored seven points And Georgia, they scored 10 points. So when they faced a really good defense, they struggled. Now, Iowa's defense is really good, but conversely, the best offense they faced this year was a Michigan offense that's in the 60th in the country, in the 60s in the country when it comes to total offense. Now, Iowa could have easily been 11-1. Had that bad call not happened on their punt return for a touchdown versus Minnesota, so you could have 8-4 versus 11-1. Brian Ferentz's last game, all that being said, I'm taking Tennessee. Because, again, athletes, and I have no idea how Iowa's going to score.
1: Yeah, Iowa. That uh, that one you mentioned, thirty-one to nothing, lost to my Nittany Lions. So I enjoyed that one. That enjoyed fun. that one a lot, huh? Yeah. People don't forget. People don't forget. <laughs> I like it. Uh, best of luck to the Hawkeyes. Maryland versus Auburn in the Trans Perfect Music City Bowl. Okay, we talk about opt-outs this time of year. What what do you think about opting out of a bowl game?
0: Okay, so, wow, you just, you just opened up. I got all sorts of thoughts. I'm going to try to condense it because we could do a whole show on this. Yes, we could. The first player to ever do it was Christian McCaffrey. I know the McCaffrey family. I know Luke. I know the dad. that He coached at Valor down in Denver, not far from where my family resides, Valor High School. Oh, man, I hated it when I heard that. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, this is so disrespectful to bowl games. And then it was just a domino after that. Now, my thoughts since then are this. It's killing the bowl games. Okay, eventually there's going to be a team. Florida State thought about doing it in this. Year. There's gonna be a team that just opts out of a bowl game entirely. And actually, Nebraska did it a few years ago. They just weren't very good and nobody in the country cared. At the time, somebody's gonna do it and the bowl games are just gonna die and then the playoffs gonna go to 16, 24 teams, whatever the case may be, eventually there's just too much money to be made. Okay, now, i it's just not in me to opt out of something okay, or to not show up. I came back and played my senior season And I don't think I got drafted any higher than I otherwise would have, but I wanted to come back and play for my favorite school growing up, which was Nebraska. I know, I know it's a little bit of apples to oranges, but it's all still fruit. My point is this, okay. I don't even blame the players though. I blame a system where they're not held accountable because they're not honoring their full contract, but yet there's no fine. There's no repercussions. There's no reason to do it. Why in the world would I want to go practice for a month? play in an exhibition game and potentially get hurt and cost myself millions of dollars. I blame the fact that college football doesn't have a better system set up to hold them accountable, so they have to actually honor their contracts fully. The reason I bring up that
1: topic is because I think this game is curious for one reason as, a, as the outsider, not necessarily a diehard Maryland or Auburn fan. Maryland's starting quarterback, Talia Tagavialoa has opted out of this game as he is out of eligibility and he's going into the NFL draft. My first thought is, what are you thinking? There are players who opt out where I completely understand it. Penn State's defensive end, Chop Robinson, opted out of the Peach Bowl, declared for the NFL draft. He will probably be one of the top five, top ten pass rushers, edge rushers taken this year. So he's protecting that investment. Talia Tagovailoa is not his brother. Talia Tagovailoa is an emotional, inconsistent quarterback who's been in college for six years and never lived up to the potential that so many people saw in him every single year, Adam. I feel like we look at the slate of quarterbacks in the big 10 and people are like, Talia could break out this year. And and he never did. So for me as a reporter, you know, fan of the, of of college football, I look at this and I'm like, why wouldn't you play? You have more to gain by playing Talia.
0: This was his chance to help his stock versus a known program. Okay. A program with a brand. And an SEC team. he If he goes out and has a bad game, it probably doesn't hurt him. I guess the risk of injury is probably why he's doing it. But, you know, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, what you're saying makes a lot of sense. So I, I would have recommended to him specifically to play in the game. Um, but, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. As far as the game itself, man, this is interesting because I wonder oh, – Auburn could have easily been eight and four. All you have to do is not give up. What was it? A 31 yard touchdown pass on fourth and to the moon to Bama and you're seven and five. And the, first of all, they're they're probably in a bigger bowl game. No disrespect, but the spread gets wider. Don't lose by three touchdowns at home to New Mexico state. And this spread is wider. I mean, Auburn is just one of these teams that's so, I don't know what what to expect out of them. I'm going to go with them because Maryland, let me see here. They started five and oh. Okay. Then they lost four in a row. And they never looked the same again. The rest of the year, they ended up the season seven to five. Auburn six and six could have been eight and four. I'm going to go with Auburn because without Tug of Iola, Maryland. I mean, they were the top passing offense in the Big Ten in early November. Okay, they didn't finish that way, but without him, they're going to struggle a lot. And Auburn's just got more athletes everywhere. Although I don't know what to expect out of Auburn, I'm I'm still going to go with them. Yeah, I,
1: I feel that way, too. I think Auburn trending in the right direction despite that last second loss to Alabama. Hugh Freeze, I think, is building something at, at Auburn. Is it going to be huge? I have no idea. Uh, shifting to some uh, bigger New Year's Six Bulls, Ohio State versus Mizzou in the Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic. Mizzou was on a tear this year. You were just talking about how good their defense played. Cody Schrader leading the SEC in rushing yards. And Ohio State, you know, you asked me a week or two ago about how I was feeling about them. I'm like, "Eh, I still don't know who's going to play quarterback in this game. We expect Devin Brown, but still just doesn't feel that cozy with the quarterback position at Ohio State, which is fascinating because
0: when was the last time we said that? Oh, it's always a loaded room with – you know, like two, three, four, five-star guys. You have Joe Burrow who transfers and leaves because he can't get on the field. That's how much talent they typically have. I'm curious, not to take a random sidebar, but what are they going to do? Devin Brown, this is his opportunity. I'm just going to be honest. He's either going to win or lose the starting job in this game. Mm -hmm. What he does is going, I mean, you've got spring ball. You've got all fall camp. Let's be real. Everybody's watching this game as a Buckeyes fan. They don't care about the game. They don't, which is why I'm going to pick Missouri, even though I think Ohio State's a better team, but they've had, as last time I looked, OK, uh, it, they had 16 players in the transfer portal, which was 10th most in the country. So Ryan Day's dealing with that. This is Devin Brown's opportunity. Let's say Devin doesn't play well. Then what does Ohio State do? OK, you're not going to go get a top rated quarterback out of high school at this point. He's not going to you wouldn't count him to start anyways. Transfer portal. The highest rated player out there is the quarterback who played at Arkansas last year. And he was, I believe, because I, I looked at this last night, he was, I believe, the 13th rated quarterback in the transfer portal KJ which isn't Jefferson, exactly yeah, yeah I, I, no disrespect he's a really good passer not great a really good runner not great passer it's kind of the opposite of Kyle McCord but I think there'd be a lot of Kyle McCord type question marks with the Ohio State fan base just for different reasons if he were to go there and that's the best option there is so Devin has to play well I think this is actually a big bowl game for Ryan Day because he needs Devin to take control of that starting job otherwise I don't know what they do. I, I'm with you. And then what was the statistic
1: that you and I were talking about off air about 40 percent of Big Ten players in the
0: transfer portal or 40 percent of the players in the transfer portal came from Big Ten schools. Do I have that right? Yeah. So the top three team, actually the top three teams with the most amount of transfers. The last time I looked again, OK, this is fluid. Indiana Michigan, yeah. Yeah, Indiana, Michigan State and Purdue were tied for the most in the country, all Big Ten teams. Then you had Cincinnati, Arkansas, NC State, and Vanderbilt were tied next. Georgia and Florida tied next. And then Ohio State was at number 10. So that is 40% of the teams with the most transfers belong to Big Ten teams. There's a lot of movement. A lot yes, of movement. It is. Let's oh, talk. Nebraska only has three, by the way, at this moment in time in <laughs> the portal. Just saying. Just throwing that out there.
1: Corn Oscars are looking exciting for 2024. I don't know if they're going to go you know, completely berserk next year, win the Big Ten or something like that. But I think you'll see a winning record. I think you'll see improvement under Matt Rule.
0: Well, so to that point, four quarterbacks, okay, we're in that quarterback room. Chuba, Purdy, Heinrich Harburg, Dylan Riola, Daniel Kalen. Two of those guys are true freshmen. You can't really count on them. Mm-hmm. Love Heinrich Harburg. But of the four, he's probably the least quarterback skill set given, okay? Uh, trying to be nice. And then Chubba Purdy, whose brother obviously plays for the Niners, does pretty good, probably would have been the early favorite to be the starter next year transferred. So now you got two true freshmen and a guy who was talking about moving positions. So what does Nebraska do at the time that we're recording this anyways? That's an interesting question. So My, my hope is it's not a DJ Uyagale situation
1: where he gets thrust in there too early. Uh, Dylan yep. Rayola, that is. Uh, other bowl games this weekend, uh, I will try to be unbiased with this. Penn State versus Ole Miss in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Uh, again, this feels similar to the the conversation we had about Iowa-Tennessee, is that it's great defense versus a great offense. Penn State's defense, one of the top three in the country. Ole Miss will have Jackson Dart, should have Quin, uh, Quinshawn Judkins fantastic running back so you have the selling point of this game as i've talked about with justin king on state of state is that you expect to have both starting quarterbacks you expect to have the starting running backs at play there's not a lot of bowl games that can say that and that's the weird thing now about bowl season It's like well why am i tuning in was like because at least the positions you're going to be paying attention to will be
0: filled by regular starters so this is for that reason one of the bowl games i'm looking forward to the most okay I wish, and remind me, Chop Robinson, okay? Mm -hmm. I wish he was playing. I understand why. This was also one of the toughest bowl games for me to pick. But when you lose one of the top four or five edge rushers that's coming out in the draft, that's swayed towards Ole Miss for me when I probably was leaning Penn State otherwise. What do you think? I I think for one game, missing one of ten is not...
1: Huge. Now, I, that's no disrespect to Chop Robinson, but being able to cycle in Adisa Isaac, being able to cycle in deny Dennis Sutton, uh, Amin Vanover. Provided all these guys are healthy going into this game, who knows what could happen? Slip on a banana peel on the way to the airport, something like that. So hopefully everybody's good to go. But I think for one game, it should be okay. Penn State has not had too many opt outs. It's a question for me: is that offense and defense for Penn State? Both sides have co coordinators for this game four guys two sides of the ball uh that could be a challenge and then it's also an opportunity for drew aller and company to show that they can put together a competent offensive game plan going into 2024 with a new offensive coordinator coming in but james franklin Lane kiffin never without headlines man that's the good thing who are you going with who's your pick i i'm biased i think i'm going with penn state i like the defense uh to outdo ole miss's offense so
0: Dude, I want to pick Penn State so bad, and I'm not even going to hide my Big Ten bias. But like I said, I'm picking Ole Miss, but you brought up another thing I forgot to mention, the coordinator situation. You've got the co-coordinator situation. You've got Penn State, whose offensive coordinator was fired, and on the other side, and I'm not saying Lane Kiffin is some mastermind guru, but this is a guy who's called offensive plays in the NFL. National mm-hmm. championship team, and I think that just and that's kind of where I was going with the Chop Robinson thing. I think it gives them a little bit of an edge. Did you give a pick for Missouri, Ohio State? I basically think I'm going State- with Mizzou
1: as well. Are you? That. Yeah. Okay. Forgive me. I'm I'm abs- I yeah. think Mizzou just has more to play for. And and to uh, yes, the you made Ohio State's just kind of some air's been let out of the tire.
0: Yeah, I think Ohio State's the better team, but this isn't the Ohio State team that we know. They yeah. probably don't even want to be there. I'm only excited to see what the quarterback does. And I think Missouri actually wants to be there. And I think they're running pretty much full tilt.
1: Again, they have more to play for. They're trying to make Mm -hmm. a statement. Uh, The last Big Ten Bowl game, Michigan versus Alabama in the Rose Bowl in the college football playoff semifinal. The other semifinal game is, of course, Washington versus Texas in the college football playoff. So you and I have talked about this in recent weeks, but now that we're on the brink of these games, the college football playoff, the last year that we'll see four teams in the college football playoff, are you happy to see this format come to an end, or did you kind of like it?
0: Dude, once again, that's a whole – I have so many – I'm very opinionated, Tom. Okay, that's I'm, You're I'm on the right condense, show. Dude, I'm going to condense my answer, and I'm going to say that when we had the four-team play ma- playoff uh, format announced, I was excited. But all it's done is it's basically the most deserving teams, not necessarily the best. And that's never been clearly defined, which is the only reason that it kind of bothers me. We need definition. And then it's kind of created this vacuum towards the top and it's all about these two games it used to be there was a national title game but you had the rose bowl the sugar bowl and everything else now it's been all about these two games i'm just going to say it's destroyed so many other things about college football so no, I, i'm i'm glad it's gone because i'm hoping it, it makes more games value uh desirable to watch i'm hoping there's more reason for more teams to play at the end of the year Because college football has never been more profitable, but it's never been more tough to watch for me, in my opinion, especially when you get to this time of the year, especially compared to how it used to be. That's my short, condensed answer. Okay, so you got Michigan Bama, the two most winningest programs in the history of college football. My initial thought was Bama looked not very good, not very Bama-esque early on this year, double digit loss at home. Okay to texas and then struggled on the road at ucf even at the end of the year needed that miracle pass versus auburn they made the play auburn didn't give him credit uh, Jalen melrell's the most improved player in america they have the number one strength of schedule in america where michigan what rob stone say last week had a manageable schedule easy soft all of a sudden i'm like man they got a scrambling quarterback michigan hasn't seen one and then in the last four games, three of the last four games, they didn't even reach 300 yards of total offense. Part of that's because they didn't have to. They just said, "We're going to Michigan, you." In other words, we're not going to. No disrespect to Penn State. We're not I even remember that game. Ball. Thank you. We're not even that up. So that speeds up the. clock. Sorry, that speeds up the clock. That's so different factors go into that. I'm still going to go with Michigan. I think they're the better team. Okay, but it's going to be a lot closer than I would have thought it would have been when I first first would have thought about this matchup a month ago. What do you think? I just like the
1: way Alabama is trending. And I know you and I have spoken about this in the last few weeks, but I think you you hit the nail on the head. Jalen Milrow is a problem, is a mm-hmm. real problem. And people talk about, how oh, well, uh, J.J. McCarthy can extend plays and he gives Michigan options. Jalen Milrow is the next level of that concept. And I think what Nick Saban and company are able to do with time to prepare for an opponent is dangerous. It's why I think you saw Michigan be a, a little bit, nervous when they didn't draw Florida state and they drew Alabama in the playoffs. So I, I'm leaning towards Alabama in this game in particular. I know you and I have discussed that before. We've discussed the other game, Washington
0: and Texas briefly. I believe you picked Washington the last time out, correct? Yeah. Just to put a button on Michigan Bama from my point of view, I think Jalen Melro is the wild card, but I think you brought up JJ McCarthy. He's going to be, I don't want to put it all on one guy, But he's going to be the biggest difference maker because he doesn't have to make plays. He's going to have to. Can he do what he did versus Ohio State? And even TCU, it was Michigan's defense that lost that game last year. Very good point. Can he do that against a much better team? Also, Harbaugh, bad bowl record. Saban, great bowl record. Uh, Washington, Texas, I will readily admit, Texas has better trenches, offensive, defensive line. Texas looks like a national championship team. They have the much higher recruited players. They have athletes all over the field. And I'm still going to go with Washington simply because One of the top quarterbacks in the country, three NFL wide receivers, maybe the best outside of Marvin Harrison Jr. Best wide receiver in the country versus a pass defense that struggles. Now, Texas got a lot of leads. Teams had to throw. Maybe that softens up those stats. I just think it's a matchup that helps Washington. I'm still going to go with Washington i'm still going with texas
1: because i'm going to be stubborn. <laughs> so and it's not to be just a straight-up contrarian but i think yep. alabama and texas the firepower texas has i don't know if washington will be able to keep up with it could see a shootout in that game and honestly i hope we do i just yep. don't want to see any blowouts yes. i'm sick of the college football playoffs semifinal blowouts and the national title blowouts like just give me a competitive game that's all i ask yep.
0: that that's what i was kind of talking about like, the four most deserving, may not always be the four best, but that's why we've had so many blowouts in the past. I almost, to put up just a simple answer, I wish it was an 18 playoff. That's what I wish. Because then you get the four most deserving, you can always have the four best, and then you're going to have better games, at least in that first round.
1: I will fly out to Colorado at some point, and we'll record a two-hour podcast where we just flesh
0: out all this stuff in person. Dude. (laughs) It it, did go by so fast. I know we're pressed for time, but I've got to ask you one question. Go for it. All right. You were an announcer for wwe Mm -hmm. all right vince mcmahon is an icon Mm -hmm. okay if he ever decided to just start telling stories oh my god it would be crazy but since he hasn't decided to do that Mm -hmm. i have a question about you and vince mcmahon in your ear while you're trying to call monday night raw because i have heard that he can be quite interesting demanding vulgar whatever the case may be (laughs) while you're trying to call Monday Night Raw, a live national television. What is that like with him directly in your ear on Raw? Interesting is a good way to put it.
1: <laughs> it's challenging. I could, you're a human being. If you're ever trying to have a conversation with one person and then another person is speaking in your ear, maybe mm-hmm. a lot of you experienced that over the holidays this past weekend. Yep. <laughs> it's, yep. It's tough to keep focus. And I've had that happen to me in on cameras where you really have to be focused and paying attention. Um, I'll say this there's also a technology element. Because he's in the back and there is a big switchboard of all the different people from production, the cameramen, the audio guys, the backstage crew, to the announcers, the individual announcers, all calling the announcers. Inevitably, human error comes into play. And there have been times where I have been cued and he wasn't intending to speak to me. And he's speaking to somebody else about something completely different. And you're just getting dialogue in your ear that has nothing to do with it. But you're paying oh, attention it because it's Vince McMahon. And you're just like, well... We'll see where this goes. I'll get through it. And then you get a, huh, sorry, pal. And he clicks off. (laughs) Anything can happen. (laughs) He says that a lot, pal. That's like his word, isn't it? That that, that was my experience for quite some time. Hey, check out TNA Wrestling on January 13th. Hard (laughs) to kill. And check out the TNA Plus app. You haven't seen anything until you've seen everything. Uh, He's Adam Carricker. I'm Tom Hannafin. Happy holidays and happy New Year. Enjoy the New Year's Six games and enjoy the college football playoff.